You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Tuesday, June the 7th of 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith, host of the show. You can find me on Twitter right down here at LJ Fastwell if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on or, po- or listening on a podcasting platform, of course, you can still find me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you more about lo- Rock Auto. Com coming up in just a little while, but the Cardinals have a key series this week against the Tampa Bay Rays, key in the fact that it is another playoff hopeful team. It's a team that will be looking to make the playoffs in a very good and a very talented American League East division. While there certainly have been some underperformers in the East to start the season, this Tampa Bay Rays team is still very good coming in to play with an overall record of 31 and 23. And for reference, the St. Louis Cardinals with their win on Sunday night baseball will come into play with an overall record of 32 and 23. So a very similar record for both the Rays and the Cardinals. Both the Rays and Cardinals were off yesterday. Uh, we're going to preview the series. We're going to talk about some some themes of the series. Let's start with a look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Currently, as I mentioned, 31 and 23. Uh, they are eight games behind the New York Yankees, who were also off yesterday. Half a game behind Toronto. They they play a little bit later tonight, as in Monday. I'm recording this on Monday uh, against the Kansas City Royals, so that could change. But the Rays currently hold a four-game advantage in the wild card. But they're, they're sliding a little bit. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've lost two in a row. They've scored 223 runs. They've given up 212 for a differential of plus 11. So their expected win-loss is 28-26. and 26. Again, for reference, the Cardinals have scored 269 runs, given up just 215 for a differential of plus 54. Their expected win-loss, 33-22. and 22. So just one off of their expected are the St. Louis Cardinals. And again, for, for reference, if you will, uh, the runs scored, the 269 runs the Cardinals have scored this season is most in the National League Central, and the 215 runs allowed is the fewest in the National League Central. And for reference for the Tampa Bay Rays, the 223 runs scored is behind the Boston Red Sox at 262, behind the Yankees at 258, and behind Toronto at 227. Uh, just ahead of Baltimore at 215. The runs allowed is good for second fewest. Uh, the Yankees are at 156. The Rays, as I mentioned, 212 uh, plus 11. Rays and Blue Jays are having a very similar year when it comes to these kind of, of statistics. Uh, both of them expected to have just at 28 wins on the season. And the Cardinals split with the Blue Jays. And, you know, they, they had one good game, one bad game. But this Rays team is a team that somehow finds a way to win, even with. Sibling and not always the best talent. Uh, at home this season, the Tampa Bay Rays are 18 and 13, 7 and 6 against teams with a greater than 500 record. The Cardinals are 14 and 13 with uh, teams that are above 500. So the Cardinals and Rays will both be looking to improve upon that this uh, this series this week as they both will be obviously facing teams that are above 500. And this Rays team is one that can pitch and pitch very well. Uh, but they're in a tough division. 
They're, they're in one of the more difficult divisions in all of baseball, if you ask me, in that American League East. We'll have to see who's going to get out of that American League East with a playoff spot. But looking a little bit more at the Rays record-wise, uh, they are 5-3 and three in extra inning games, 10-8 and eight in one-run games. They're 23-18 and 18 against right-handed starters, and they will be facing some right-handed starters this week as Dakota Hudson getting the ball tonight, Michaelis getting the ball on Thursday. As of this recording, TBD tomorrow. Uh, but if it is Matthew Liebertor, they will be 8-5 and five against lefties. So uh, definitely a stronger sample size against left-handed pitching, or right-handed pitching, excuse me. For the Cardinals, they're 25-19 and 19 against right-handers, 7-4. and four against lefties. They hit lefties very well, and they will be facing a couple of left-handers this week for the Tampa Bay Rays. So that is what the Cardinals, in my opinion, are going to have to take advantage of. They are very good left-handers. Jeffrey Spriggs, who has a 1.88 ERA in 30 in the third innings, is lefty starting tonight. Shane McClellan, one of the more underrated arms in the bigs, gets the ball on Thursday afternoon. He is 6-2 with a 2.10 ERA and 11 starts. That spans across 64 and a third innings. The key for the Cardinals, well, yes, we're taking advantage of facing a left-handed pitching, as I just mentioned. But overall, it's going to be taking the momentum that they had in Chicago, that they gained in Chicago, with late come-from-behind wins, and transferring that to the games this week against the Tampa Bay Rays. Continue finding ways to hit, continue finding ways to get runners on, get them over, and get them in. And they've been doing it by not always relying on that long ball. Yes, they had their fair share of the 14-run outburst on uh, Friday afternoon at Wrigley Field. But by and large, this is a Cardinal offense that has been a little bit more of a complete offense since they've started to, to win a little bit more. Uh, have the St. Louis Cardinals, their, their offense has become that much more that much more complete, that much more deadly uh, when they have stopped relying solely on the long ball because in their last 10 games, the Cardinals have a 7-3 record and they've won two in a row. They're just coming off a 3-5 out of five game series win against the Chicago Cubs. We'll likely see Albert Pujols in the lineup a couple times this week, again with the left-handed pitching. And I'll talk about it in a little bit, but the Cardinals are getting some reinforcements back. The Cardinals are getting... O'Neal back this week. They're going to get Carlson back in a little bit. Carlson likely won't be ready until the weekend series. O'Neal, that last reported, again, recording this Monday night, last reported that he could be back today. Today is in Tuesday. Uh, so we'll see if that has changed by the time this, this episode gets released. But the St. Louis Cardinals find themselves in a great position to overcome the Milwaukee Brewers because if they win tonight and a Brewers loss, that would put the St. Louis Cardinals in first place in the National League Central and that is something that the Cardinals were not able to do in June of 2021, at least not for very long, as last June, as we all know, was disastrous for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, basically the sole reason that they had to rely on a 17-game winning streak to make the playoffs last year. Hopefully they do not have to do that this year, but as we start to think about what this Tampa Bay Rays team is going to do against the St. Louis Cardinals, it's one that, that has a former Cardinal on it in Randy Orozarena. That is obviously going to be a key, but th- this Rays team is one that, that is sneaky. You know, the, they, they made the American League Championship Series uh, just a couple of years ago. Routine playoff team despite not having the biggest payroll. It's really an owner's dream to, to have a team that's not spending a ton of money, but still still have great amounts of on-field success, and that is exactly what the Rays have been able to do. Again, not always getting the most national attention, but this is a good raised team. And again, record-wise, they're in a very similar spot to the St. Louis Cardinals right now. 
32 and again, 32 and 23 are the Cardinals. 31 and 23 are the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays are eight games out of first place because the New York Yankees have been so good this season. The Yankees have been what we thought the Dodgers were going to be. Uh, the Dodgers have been exactly what the Dodgers we thought the Dodgers were going to be. Dodgers 35 and 19, a plus 113 run differential. The New York Yankees 39 and 15 with a plus 102 run differential. Yankees are on a six-game winning streak as well, thanks in part to fellow or former Cardinal Matt Carpenter. I don't know why I went on a Yankees tangent there, but I did, and that's what we're going to roll with for today. But this Tampa Bay Rays team is going to be one that is, it's going to be tough to take two out of three this week against the Rays just because of who the Rays are and who they have on the mound. The Cardinals have some good pitching. Don't get me wrong, I talked about it on yesterday's show, how deep this pitching staff is, but when you look at the starting the, the starting probables, the Rays might have the edge. So we'll talk about the starting problems and how the Cardinals can find a way to get some wins this week in St. Petersburg, St. Pete, Tampa Bay area. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But I do want to tell you about today's title sponsor, and that is Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're going to need. Why would you want to endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and you have your phones that have access to it on the go anytime, anyplace. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for each and every customer. They have everything you could need. Whether it's a brake part, a tail lamp, motor oil, even new carpet, rockauto.com has you covered. So head over to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's at rockauto.com. Dakota Hudson gets the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals tonight as he looks to continue improve upon his already dazzling start that he had his last time against the San Diego Padres. A little bit of a longer rest period here for Dakota Hudson as his last start came last Wednesday, so six days in between starts, June the 1st against the Padres. He was phenomenal. Seven innings, just four hits, one earned run. It came in the first inning, walked a man and struck out three. That right there, that line, that is Dakota Hudson to a T. Not going to strike out the world. He's also not going to walk the world. Not going to give up a ton of hits when he's right. He's going to get ground ball outs when he's right. And he's going to, by and large, keep the other team off the scoreboard. His ERA, career ERA in the first inning, is higher than any other ERA per inning except for the eighth inning. So if he gets past the first inning successfully against the Tampa Bay Rays tonight, that to me is what is going to be a model of success for Dakota Hudson. Because his ERA has been good all season long. But it's the innings that haven't always added up. At 51 and two-thirds of an inning, over 10 starts. So just over, just over five innings a start for Dakota Hudson this year. That has not been what the Cardinals needed out of him this season. They need him to be what he did last time against the Padres. And the Padres have a pretty solid above-average lineup. They really do. Yes, I know Machado and uh, 
Hosmer were really the only two that were producing at the time, but they have a really good lineup. We saw uh, Trent Grisham put together a nice series against St. Louis last week. But nevertheless, we'll look for Dakota Hudson to improve upon his start last time. And you can't really get much much more improved than he was. But we'll look for him to continue that success against this race lineup. And with it being an interleague game, not a ton of experience for either one of these lineups against their starting pitcher. Again, a 6-10 first pitch tonight between the Rays and the Cardinals. Uh, Harold Ramirez is one out of three in his career against Hudson. Francisco Mejia doesn't have an official at bat, so he doesn't have a hit. And Miguel Margot, excuse me, Manuel Margot is 0 out of 1. For the Tampa Bay Rays, they send out Jeffrey Springs to the mound. Uh, and again, not a lot of at bats. Harrison Bader, 0 out of 1. Paul Goldschmidt, 0 out of 3. Molina is 1 out of 2. Albert Pujols is 1 out of 2 as well. So we will likely see, if I had to guess, we are going to see Albert Pujols in the lineup tonight to face Springs and the Tampa Bay race with it being a lefty and the moderate amount of success that Pujols happens to have. But Springs is a guy, number 59. He wears uh, age 29. Kind of an in-between guy so far. He was a 30th round pick by the Texas Rangers in 2015. Pick number 888. He's got six starts on the season, 14 games overall, 38 and a third innings pitched. Uh, he has he got a couple nice game logs for him. He went seven strong against the New York, excuse me, six strong against the New York Yankees on the 27th of May, holding that juggernaut lineup to just two runs on five hits, striking out six, not walking a man. Um, he, he was pretty good that game. He does not walk very many batters. He walked four batters in 23 and two-thirds of an inning in May, three batters in nine and two-thirds of an inning in April, and just one batter in his last start against the Texas Rangers, where he went five innings, five hits, two runs, both earned, both on solo home runs, and struck out seven. This is somebody that has strikeout-capable stuff, doesn't walk a ton of batters, doesn't give up a lot of hits either. He's been with Texas, Boston, and now Tampa Bay for the last two years. This is really the first year he's getting any starting nods, but this is not just a pure opener. Like I said, he's gone six innings before. He has the ability to go five, six innings, and it's a lefty. The Cardinals hit lefty as well, but this is no ordinary lefty. Neither is a lefty they'll be facing on Thursday, but we'll get to Thursday in just a minute. Uh, but for the, for the Cardinals, they're going to have to try and get Springs early. I think that's the key with any starter. With, with especially Hudson for the Rays, that's going to be their key. But with any starter, get to them early. Take advantage of the fact that you're facing a lefty. Like I said, you're probably going to see Pools in the lineup. You're not going to see Gorman. You're going to see Donovan, but you're you're not going to see Gorman. I uh, talked about Donovan. If you missed yesterday's show, basically the first series, the first segment was just praise to Brendan Donovan. So head out to the show yesterday to check out that praise for Donovan. But the Cardinals will be facing Springs tomorrow or tonight rather. Tomorrow, is it's a journeyman. Uh, not really a journeyman, but a v- couple of veterans taking them out against each other. It is, it is going to be Miles Michaelis versus Corey Kluber. That is another 6'10". Excuse me, Corey Kluber will be starting on Wednesday. Michaelis is Thursday. TBD starter so far for Wednesday for the Cardinals. Not a lot of both experience and or success against uh, Mr. Kluber. Nolan Arenado, 0 out of 3. Harrison Bader does not have a hit. Uh, also does not have an at-bat. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is just 1 out of 6. Yadier Molina is uh, 0 out of 4. And Albert Pujols in 20 at-bats is a .50 batting average. That is one hit. So unless Corey Kluber gets taken out of the game, or once Corey Kluber, I'll, I'll phrase it this way, 
you won't see Pujols on Wednesday night until Kluber is removed because the numbers against Kluber are not good, and especially you're likely going to see Albert tonight and Thursday with two lefties on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays. But Kluber has had some success this season. Uh, 36 years old. He's 2-2 two and two in 10 starts, 50 and two-thirds of an inning. Doesn't go extremely long, but his last two starts, he has gone six innings in each start. Six innings, an earned run against the Yankees on the 28th of May. Six innings, an earned run against the Rangers on the 2nd of June. That uh, was following a three-inning outing against the Baltimore Orioles, in which he was tagged with two earned runs, five hits, two walks, and two punch-outs. Similar to Dakota Hudson, Corey Kluber is not going to strike out the world. He is a sicker baller. He's going to keep the ball on the ground. He's an author of a no-hitter for the New York Yankees, which I think is one of the weird baseball stats that's out there that Corey Kluber not only has a no-hitter, but that it came with the New York Yankees. A couple of weird stats there for you. A couple of weird uh, trivia facts for you if you're a trivia person. Uh, Corey Kluber... Ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. That is the key for Kluber. And for the Cardinals on Thursday, is, uh, actually, we'll, we'll talk about the Wednesday starter first. Skip that over on my note. I apologize. The uh, the Cardinals are still TBD on a starter for Wednesday. Libertor would be the man in line. He struggled. We'll see if the Cardinals want to give him another start uh, after he struggles against Chicago. I would give him another start. You could also maybe see Palante or maybe a combination of Libertor, Palante, and Naughton, maybe depending on what roster moves are made prior to the game with Dickerson going on the injured list and Walsh getting called up uh, to take his spot on the roster. We'll see what the Cardinals want to go with on Wednesday. But we know with on Thursday, Miles Michaelis will get the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals. Had a couple, he has had, rather, a couple of hiccups in his last couple of starts. Five and two-thirds innings against the Milwaukee Brewers on the 29th of May. He gave up nine hits and six earned runs. Uh, it was, he struggled against the Brewers for sure. And again, then against the Cubs in his most recent start on the 3rd of June, five innings, eight hits, four earned. He walked three, struck out four. Was able to gut through and get through the five innings necessary there uh, was Mr. Michaelis. But before that, he was on a string of really solid starts. He was putting together arguably the best season of any Cardinals starter before those two starts. The three earned runs he was tagged with against Toronto, he wasn't even in the game for for two of them as it was uh, Andre Pallante walking in a couple runs. I look for Miles Michaelis to get back on the bump, to, to get back on the horse, and to produce. Use the slider effectively. Curveball, drop that in every once in a while. I think Michaelis has some underrated stuff. Obviously, when he's right, we talk about this a lot. He's throwing darts up there. He's throwing strikes. His, his, low, his command is supreme when he's right. But I, I still think he has plus stuff, maybe not plus plus stuff or triple plus stuff, but above average stuff that he's able to, when he's able to control it, that's when he is the most successful. Because when he doesn't control it, he misses his spots, then you start to see the weakness in the stuff. But I look for Michaelis to turn things around against this Rays lineup, and the Rays will be countering with lefty Shane McClanahan. He is somebody that, again, because maybe he plays for the Rays, doesn't get a lot of recognition. But he has put together a fine career. 3-4-3 ERA last year in 25 starts. He was 10-6 and six over 123 and a third innings pitched. This year, through 11 starts, has been on a different level. A 2-10 ERA. He is 6-2, 64 and a third innings pitched in those 11 starts. He's only allowing a 201 batting average. He's got a .92 whip. He has 89 strikeouts in those 64 and a third innings pitched. You heard that right. 89 strikeouts in 64 and one-third of an innings pitched. 
He knows how to strike batters out. And this is a Cardinal lineup that does not strike out very often. So we'll see which one will prevail on Thursday. But when you look at this series overall, the starting pitching definitely leans towards Tampa Bay in terms of who has the better starters lined up for this series. But there is that if, there is that caveat that, hey, if the Cardinals pitchers pitch to their expectations, or to my expectations of them anyways, then it's pretty even and it will come down to the offense. Who strikes out less, who makes less mistakes. Regardless, I think it'll be an entertaining series this week between the Rays and Cardinals. These are two teams that know how to win. The Cardinals obviously have a, a bigger pair. They'll have a little bit more media and national recognition because they're the St. Louis Cardinals. But don't sleep on the Rays and their success in the last number of years. Made it to a World Series in 2020. Uh, they, they were they are no, no slouch of a team. We'll put it that way. Are the Tampa Bay Rays. And we'll see who prevails this week against between them and the St. Louis Cardinals. To finish up the show, the Cardinals have some some players that are eyeing returns. They are close to a return date for the St. Louis Cardinals. And by the time this gets released, maybe one of them has already returned. So we'll talk about the implications of those returners coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the face of the planet because they taste like a candy bar. And I'm here today to talk to you about caramel brownie. Do you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with some, with some caramel swirled on? So good, right? What if I told you you can have all of that chewy chocolate caramel that we just discussed plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available right now at Built.com. And you got to act fast because they're already a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal, everybody. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. The best part? Caramel brownie bars are covered 100% real chocolate. With Built Bar, you don't have to sacrifice healthiness for taste. You can have both. All of Built Bars are made with collagen protein, with your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. There are a million reasons you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say that Caramel Brownie will rock your world. That's not an understatement. With Built, Tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of Caramel Brownie Bars now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order as well. You get a protein bar. It tastes great. It tastes just like a candy bar, and you can get 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 at checkout at Built.com. Cardinals are getting some players back from injury over the next couple of weeks and months. The two that are coming up the quickest are Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill. Actually, reverse that order. It's Tyler O'Neill and then Dylan Carlson. Tyler O'Neill could be back by the time this is posted. Recording this Monday night, uh, Monday afternoon, anyways. Uh, but O'Neill had it. it both O'Neill and Carlson. And Flaherty, really, all three of them have had pretty good rehab stints in the minor leagues. Carlson will likely come back uh, closer to the 10th. But if you look at the injuries and roster moves updates page on MLB.com, Corey Dickerson obviously uh, was placed on the IL on June 5th, so we don't know when he is going to be back. Um, June 5th, and again, June 5th is a reported date, which was uh, yesterday. 
it was reported that he was going to return today in Tyler O'Neill. So we could see Tyler O'Neill back in the lineup as early as today. And it was reported that Dylan Carlson could be coming back as soon as June 10th because uh, he could travel to um, back to St. Louis when the Cardinals travel home. When, when these two come back, Flair, when, when Jack Flaherty comes back a little bit later this month, he's turned together a great outing in his first rehab start. When Flaherty comes back, it becomes a little bit simpler. If you have a starting rotation spot, you open it up. Libertor goes down. Uh, maybe Palante goes or Naughton goes down. Palante goes back to the bullpen. You, you, not as many moving pieces, not as many hard decisions when you're looking at when Flaherty comes back. That is not the case for Carlson or O'Neill. Because the two guys that, that, in my mind, that the three guys that are the options to send down, in my opinion, that are the options, Lars Newtbar, even though Newtbar's done a couple great defensive plays, go-ahead hit the other night, or tying it uh, the other night on Sunday, Newtbar. Juan Yepes, he slowed a little bit at the, at the major league level. And then Mundo Sosa. In no way, shape, or form do I think that Brendan Donovan should be sent down. And really, you could say it's really close, and I would agree with you, but what makes it not close or what makes it a little bit more of an easier decision to keep Brendan Donovan at the major league level is that Brendan Donovan can literally play anywhere. I would not be surprised if he found his way behind the plate this year or to the mound. You just can't lose that kind of versatile piece, in my opinion, if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. So then you got to look at, okay, Yepes got off to a really nice start. He can play first to spell Goldschmidt and left field in the, in the court, but he can't play second or third. Brendan Donovan can play all those things. Arguably, Donovan has had a nice, better start to his MLB career, so that gives the edge to Donovan. Lars Dupar can really only play the outfielder, D.H., and Brennan Donovan has had a better start to the season, we'll say it in this case because Newt is not a rookie, than Newt Bar has. It's not, not an easy decision, but Brennan Donovan having the ability to play all over the place makes it an easier decision to at least keep him at the major league level. So that's, that's the difficult part. The not difficult part is to see how it improves the lineup when O'Neill and Carlson come back. Maybe the, the injury for O'Neill was bothering longer than we realized. Maybe that was a, a part, a portion of why he was struggling, was the injury. Dylan Carlson was have, had a couple of nice stretches this season before he got hurt. I think both of these guys coming back to this lineup makes this lineup incredibly deep. It makes it deadly because you have Nolan Arenado starting to come back to form a little bit. Had a big home run last week. A couple RBIs on Sunday Night Baseball. Paul Goldschmidt. Obviously, he's not hitting above 400 anymore, but he's still having a pretty nice June. So you're starting to see this offense start to click already. Harrison Bader has had a really nice stretch of baseball that's that's not being talked about enough. I know I haven't talked about it enough. Bader's having a nice start to his or to his month of June and really nice stretch of baseball. You're starting to see this offense click a little bit. So if you bring Carlson back and O'Neill and they're both able to perform to their potential, holy cow! Does this lineup get scary? You've got Gorman that can bring some pop off the bench as well. Pujols, whenever he has his moments. A scary, scary lineup indeed once these guys come back. I mentioned Nolan Gorman's name. I don't think... The only reason that I could say the Cardinals sending Gorman down 
is if they don't see Gorman getting at bats with the, when these two guys return, which I could see as a, as a likely possibility. Because well, the Cardinals have been well, the Cardinals are well known of this policy of for their top guys, a Gorman, a Libertor, um, a Herrera, right? They're not going to call them up unless they play every day. So if they don't see Gorman getting at bats when these two guys return, then I can comprehend and understand that Gorman goes down. But at the same time, Gorman has put together a nice start to his career as well. We've seen the strikeouts. We've seen the errors. I acknowledge that. We've also seen the power. We saw some great two-strikes approach that we weren't really hearing about at the minor league level. So Gorman has done enough to stay, in my opinion, as well. It's a good problem to have when you have two all-star caliber players and O'Neill and Carlson coming back to your lineup and you have too many guys on the major league roster performing well. It's a good problem to have. I want to know, what, what do you guys think? How do the Cardinals solve it? You can shoot me a DM on Twitter at LJFastball. You can fo- DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show at LockedOnCards.com. Drop a comment in the YouTube section. How do you think the Cardinals should handle the roster when O'Neill, Carlson, and Flaherty all come back? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Locked on Cardinals, everybody. Really have enjoyed this last couple of weeks of Cardinal baseball. Talking to you guys, and hopefully it continues as well with some more wins this weekend in Tampa Bay. I'll be back tomorrow talking about Cardinal baseball. Be sure to tune in, and until I talk to you then, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.